The question being raised right now by broadcasters is what exactly led Vladimir Putin to do this? Well, first of all, because he thought he could. He had a large military, uh, has been spending billions of dollars training them, getting them ready. And uh, everybody thought this would be for him and the Russian military a cakewalk all the way into Kiev. They have a column 17 miles long right now, and they have uh, uh, tanks and troops and everything going in. They make a big issue about, uh, well, you know, these supplies of weapons that are being provided by the United States, uh, particularly by President Trump, who provided 37 launchers of uh, uh, these uh, um, missiles that uh, have been very, very successful in, uh, in taking out tanks. But uh, these missiles have a limited number. There are only about 400 that were sold. So now what exactly comes next? But is there something wrong with Putin? Is there something that is off? It seems, according to Harris's Faulkner's interview with uh, uh, Condoleezza Rice, that there is something, after all, that needs to be looked at with the Russian leader wrote down exactly what you said. I often take notes when you speak. Delusional rendering of history. Delusional. Let's just settle there for a second. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio, the top Republican on the Intelligence Committee, tweeted this. I wish I could share more, but for now I can say it's pretty obvious to many that something is off with Putin. He has always been a killer. But his problem now is different and significant. It would be a mistake to assume that Putin would react the same way he would have five years ago. You met with Putin at least a half a dozen times. You describe him differently today, too. Why? Well, I met with him many times, uh, and uh, this is a different Putin. Uh, he was always, uh, as Senator Rubio said, uh, this was KG man, KGB man. He once said, "You're you're always essentially KGB man if you are." So uh, he had that uh, that tough veneer. He was always calculating and cold, but. Uh, this is different. He seems uh, erratic. Uh, there is uh, an ever-deepening uh, delusional rendering of history. Uh, it was always a kind of victimology about uh, mm -hmm. what had happened to them. Uh, but now it goes back to blaming Lenin for the foundation of Kiev, of, of, of Kiev, uh, Kiev in the Russian, of uh, Ukraine. So he's, uh, he's descending into something that I personally haven't seen before. So I want to ask you now about what keeps you up at night with regard to that, because there is this worry among generals with whom I've talked with, and they do worry because nobody wants, no matter how great they are at their jobs, nobody wants a world war, but that Putin would do something at this point that he might not have done a few years ago in terms of more of a land grab, the Baltics, for instance, and because of Article 5 with NATO, what does that mean for us? We get involved in a war. We can't go to war with a nuclear power. But does he care about that anymore? Well, I, I don't know uh, where he is in that dark world. But I will say this. We have to make sure that he really understands that the cost would be extraordinary to try to cross an Article 5 uh, line. Uh, an attack upon one is an attack upon all. And so the Baltic states are indeed protected under that guarantee by the United States of America. Uh, if he meets the kind of resistance that he is meeting in Ukraine, if he can't get an easy win, if it looks like uh, he's not going to achieve, achieve his objectives, there is a chance that he pulls up. 
But I want to make sure that he does. I want to make sure that he doesn't decide that Kaliningrad, which is a, a Russian territory that is cut off by the Baltic states, is his next way to connect Kaliningrad back to Russia. That would involve the territory of the Baltic states. So what we're doing in reinforcing NATO forces uh, in the Baltics and in Poland, uh, NATO's eastern flank, if you will, this is the way to make sure that he knows the cost would be very high. Is Meanwhile, the former ambassador of the Ukraine uh, of the United States, uh, Mr. Taylor, Ambassador Taylor, has basically said that uh, this is uh, uh, something that uh, is, is a concern. Bill Taylor, William Taylor, rather, uh, said that uh, he agrees with uh, former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice that not all the bats are in the belfry as far as Vlad Putin is concerned. That says to me that... Uh... That Condé Rice is right. Um, that is, this man has, uh, he's not hes not operating with a full deck on this thing. He is, uh, he is being erratic. He's not acting rational. He's an irrational actor to make that kind of statement. That said, his forces are already on alert. I mean, all, all the forces are on alert. So it's not clear at all what he had in mind for that. Maybe it was just to show. Maybe it was just to try, as I think your reporter suggested, a tr another try to intimidate either President Zelensky or the West. And so far, John, he's failed. Yeah, what he has done, it seems, is make NATO and the West more unified. Listen to this from uh, the relatively new German Chancellor, Olaf Scholz. It is a statement, I'm sorry. Uh, it, he, he said uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine marks a turning point. It threatens our entire post-war order. In this situation, it is our duty to do our utmost to support Ukraine in defending itself against Vladimir Putin's invading army. Germany stands closely by Ukraine's side. Um, something of a remarkable statement coming from Germany. It's not only re that remarkable statement, he backed it up with a lot of, of action. He's talking about now getting up to the 2% of GDP that is the NATO target that the Germans haven't done. Germans are right now well below that. They're going to put a lot more into their defense. And they're also going to right now be providing weapons some of the ones you all just talked about on this show, that is stingers and javelins, to the Ukrainians. So the, the Germans are stepping up. The, um, the talk of uh, peace talks to take place on the Belarusian border uh, between Ukraine and Russia, uh, also in the news today, one Ukrainian mother uh, hiding out in a bomb shelter poo-pooed the prospects of that. Listen to her. Why do you think that after these talks you can try trust him? Why? Only, only, you know, immediately the language of force. This is the war, and Putin understands only the language of the war. Stop being in this denial. It has started. The hard times, the dark times. I was in this state of denial four days ago when I was taking my kids to school in garden and kindergarten. Everything was fine, but but now I I realize that I'm in the nightmare and it's real, guys. 
So basically from that and uh, Fox, let's take a look at what the White House is saying right now about ASEAN and uh, what uh, the uh, uh, plans are here. As, of course, while Putin moves in Europe, China is moving in the South China Sea. North Korea is firing missiles into the Sea of Japan. There's a lot of stuff going on in Asia, and the U.S. has to deal with that as well. Um, go ahead. Thank go ahead. you so much. Um, I just have two quickies on Ukraine. First of all, with the upcoming ASEAN summit, does President Biden hope to use this summit to shore up support, I guess you could say, in opposition to Ukraine, uh, in opposition to Russia, or however you want to put it? And how does the administration feel about Myanmar's support of Russia? Well, I think for any country, uh, what our message is, is that it's important to, to think about what place, uh, where you want to stand on the side of history. And that is how you will be judged moving forward. And obviously, we are encouraging every country who has uh, who has not been condemning the actions of Russia to change course. Um, as it relates to the ASEAN summit, which is in a couple of weeks, um, I don't have anything about the agenda uh, at this point in time. And we're certainly not waiting uh, to communicate. The president's not waiting to communicate with, or our national security team is not waiting to communicate with uh, ASEAN countries about steps they can take uh, to help be a part of the solution here, whether it is uh, providing, we've seen a lot of uh, progress on this front, uh, LNG gas um, access to European countries that they don't need, or condemning the actions or putting in place sanctions and steps themselves. Just on sanctions, mm -hmm. every round of sanctions the administration describes as the harshest yet, the strictest yet, but President Putin is not responding to these so far. And so what, what happens next? Do you have anything else in your tool belt? Because I mean, these all seem very severe and uh, it boggles the mind as to what more you can do. So what, what else? We always have more we can do. Uh, but I would say that what we're seeing in terms of the impact on the financial markets uh, in Russia is significant. Um, and I outlined some of the impacts, of course, on the ruble, on inflation, on uh, central bank lending there in Russia. Uh, all of these steps squeeze not just President Putin, but squeeze the people around him um, and have a huge devastating impact on the economy. And they are more significant. We've built them more significant over time. And uh, that's what they're intended to do is to have those consequences that build over the course of time. From uh, Jen Paskey in the White House and, uh, you know, uh, what they're doing there with the cheering squad that is the press corps. Let's uh, go to Gracie Mansion and uh, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, he's announcing uh, an expanded anti-crime program. Uh, hopefully it's not just more people holding the hands of criminals. People are getting mugged on a daily basis on the subways again. Things are going bad. The mayor's doing, I think, what he can do as far as, uh, you know, his woke administration is concerned. Uh, but still, he's got to clamp down and go back to find his inner cop and get something done because people are getting hurt. People are dying. People are getting robbed and criminals are getting away with it. And primarily, the biggest problem is the district attorneys who refuse to prosecute. Be careful. People, you feel as though you wake up every day with the opportunity you're blessed with to come out and meet good people and see the good work you're doing on the ground. And when I walk through the streets and people just give me that thumbs up sign and just say, you know, Eric, we love you. We love what you're doing. Stay focused. Keep doing what you're doing. It means so much to me. And when I walk in this room, 
and greet you here. Uh, and your commitment and dedication says a lot. And it's, it's, it goes unheard. But I hear you and I see you. I support you and I'm one of you. Always remember that. Always remember that. And so we are, you heard me say over and over again, you know, people always miss, Vanessa, when I say the prerequisite to prosperity is public safety and justice. Everybody says, you know, well, he's ex-popo, so all he knows is, is police. They missed that entire part that I keep saying over and over again, public safety and justice. You know, they roll out my blueprint. All they talk about is one part of it. They didn't look at my foster care part of it. They didn't look at my crisis management team part of it. They didn't look at uh, dealing with dyslexia and other things. They just want to focus on one part. If you don't have public safety and justice, you're not going to prosper. You can't have justice without public safety and you can't have public safety without justice. They go together. So we're going to keep saying it over and over again and eventually it's going to resonate. The prerequisite to prosperity is public safety and justice. But the prey to stop crime is with punishment. So if you're not arresting people and putting them behind bars where they belong and locking them up for a long time until they learn to do something better, than go out and bash 60-year-old women with hammers, then you're not going to get anything done, Mayor. This is the problem with Eric Adams and, and, and many Democrat politicians. All they care about is the social justice causes that are being laid down upon them by people who are so woke that they've broken the system. You have so many people being let out of jail, out of multiple offenses. We're talking people who have 20, 30 people that they have mauled, uh, beaten, robbed uh, and abused and yet unfortunately the term punishment never seems to come to mind because they look in the mirror and they look the same as some of the politicians who are writing these rules and these politicians are often have the same gang tattoos that these people are and that is the bigger problem here there is a criminal activity that is going on and that criminal activity is kicking back to some of the politicians in city hall so the probation officers will work with credible messages uh, who have the experience on the ground, an amazing program that we're going to continue to invest in. And data shows it worked. Uh, data shows it works. Crime is up 340% in New York City, Mayor. When we use credible messages, there's a drop of more than two-thirds of felony recidivism. Yeah, felony recidivism is dropping because your prosecutors aren't charging them. That's the problem. You know, just let that resonate for a while. Yeah, let that resonate for a while. That's enough. Uh, you know, this guy just basically is playing the whole woke game and it's going to just break the city again apart. And it's located strategically in the right uh, areas of our city. We have a total of one in each borough. I believe we have two in Brooklyn, uh, but we want to expand this. In, three in Brooklyn. Three in Brooklyn. Uh, we want to expand it and continue to give the services to people on the ground. And we will add a full lineup of neon sports programming this spring to our young people and grow their physical and mental capacity. You know, I don't know how we do this, but somehow, team, we need to figure out how to bring this team to all my press conferences. <laughs> See, so long as he has his cheering squad, he's fine. But when you start telling him about the problems of the people on the streets, 
you seem to see any cheers or smiles around. Appointment is so important to us uh, because, you know, to have the vision, you know, Anna could just do her job. And, you know, there's a lot of talk here about so many things, but the real reality is unless they get some enforcement. Layer two, to make sure that we have committed ourselves to for so many years and making sure uh, that the tools to reentry entry in our city uh, will help produce healthy New Yorkers. Because if if you go up and do a bid, you do time upstate or in Rikers, and you come back to the same conditions that sent you up there in the first place, then it's a setup. <laughs> it's just a setup. That upstream mindset is what we want to bring to the city. Yeah, which is why the best thing to do is, of course, bringing back the death penalty. That'll eliminate the return. And it's in three layers. Layer one, we need to build out those institutional things that won't have a child pick up a gun. Layer two, to make sure that we are humane if someone has a gun and they have to go inside to make sure the services inside is going to fortify them that they don't come back. And layer three, those who are out. Uh, you know, if you're on probation, if you're on parole, uh, you need to have the support that you don't go back. So it's more of, you know, keeping people out of jail and not dealing with the crime that they committed in the first place. Again, same problem. It's all about so-called justice, but it is really an injustice to the victims and the people of the city, the citizens, while the criminals are taken care of. I'm Mike of New York, and that's just basically my spin on this today. I don't know. Maybe I should listen a little bit more. Maybe I'll learn something, but maybe I've seen enough seen enough that even a blind man can see this guy needs to get with it because crime is soaring the mayor what you're proposing is just more of the same old bs that got us in this situation in the first place then again who thought it would be any different i'm michael new york